0: the way that I generally like to approach these projects is that it's just another form of making. It's another form of art. So there's always color and composition and you're trying to tell a story about um, whatever the brand is or whatever the project is and how you can bring that into a, a visual medium.
1: Welcome back to Cool Side Podcast. This is episode number 116 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I am still in the middle of recovering from jaw surgery. So if it sounds like I have a lisp, it's because I still have a piece of plastic in my mouth and it's making it very difficult to talk, but I wanted to keep the podcast going because I have so many great episodes to share with you guys. And today I am sharing the interview I did with one of my really good friends, Megan. She recently completed her master's of architecture at the University of Manitoba. And in 2018, she was the co-curator of the Winnipeg Design Festival. Megan is Indigenous, she is a maker, she is a designer, and an artist. Her art and research explores the role that storytelling plays in design and how both have become the vessel for learning more about her own identity. In this episode, she shares her journey to where she is today, the process that she goes through when helping a brand understand their design, how her education and experience gives her a different perspective on branding, and how she started her freelance business. This is a great episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get into it, here is Megan.
2: Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm sitting here today in person, which is the first podcast in so long that's actually in person, um, with my good friend Megan. Thanks Hi. for joining me. This is her first podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're taking my my podcast virginity.
2: It's my favorite thing to do, really. <laughs> Especially in a cool studio. I wish people could see that we even have a sound engineer. We have a dog in the studio. It's This is a full-blown... Yeah, blown, it's a full
0: package. <laughs> you're going to do it in
2: person, do it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan and I met, when did we meet? Like five years ago?
0: Probably longer, longer. I think. Probably like six or seven years ago, even.
2: Wow. Yeah, we met Whoa. through friends. Um,
0: we were both in our undergrad. Yeah, And that was a while ago now. Yeah, that's, that's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> but you were in BC doing your undergrad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we met through friends.
0: Yeah, so we have mutual friends that I went to high school with, and that they were going to school with you. And I kept hearing about this girl who is so, was so much like me, and I had to meet her one day. And uh, we even have the same birthdays. <laughs> yeah, like, we were who like planning our birthday <laughs>
2: parties around each other, which was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you moved back to Calgary, then we met, and we're just like, oh. Fine. Oh, we'll we be are, friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: true. <laughs> we will like each other.
2: Yeah. So it's been amazing. And then you moved to Winnipeg, and now you're back, which I'm so pumped. Me too. I was like, oh, thank God Megan's back.
0: Yeah, we can start hanging out again on a regular basis.
2: Exactly. And rebrand my whole business. Yeah, that <laughs> is what we're here to talk about today. And I will let you introduce yourself and what you do, and why you're in charge of my rebranding. But <laughs> <laughs> you can, if you want to start with. Um, what you do, kind of where you went to school, what you've learned, and then we'll get into like the rebranding and all that fun stuff later.
0: Sure. Yeah. So my name is Megan. I'm a freelance designer. I am an artist. Um, I recently completed my master's of architecture, like you said, out in Winnipeg, and now I'm back and I'm an intern architect at a local firm here in Calgary. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so doing that by day and then freelance stuff by night, basically.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. And she does such cool work. So make sure you follow her just right now while you're listening. Go follow <laughs> her. You can buy her prints, too. Just a little plug there for you. Oh, thanks. I love them. I have it in my room. So, um, And what led you to a career in architecture and design? Was that something you were always interested, like as a child? Or did it kind of develop as you went through school?
0: Yeah, I think... Basically, from the time when you're starting to seriously think about what you're going to pursue as a career, it's always been architecture for me. Um, And then I think before that, even when I was a little kid, it was to be an artist. So it kind of worked out well doing both of those things now. So, So yeah, I think a lot of it stemmed from that time period when you're trying to decide what you're trying to do with your life. I was growing up in Europe at the time. Um, My family was moved to Switzerland for my dad's job and I think that had a huge influence on me pursuing this as a career because you're exposed to so many different cultures when you're there um, and each culture has such a unique um, sense of place and I think a lot of that has to do with the architecture and so being exposed to that and experiencing that um, played a huge part in why I wanted to pursue it as a career.
2: Right. Yeah. Because I guess a lot of people when they just travel to Europe like on vacations they are like, oh, the architecture was so cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something everyone mentions. So to actually like go yeah. up there and be a part of it was probably much more impactful than like a two week vacation than people like normally get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you definitely get that from traveling. And then it's just magnified even more by living there and, and experiencing it for a long period of time um and not just as a tourist but really getting immersed in those experiences then you really see how the day-to-day works and um how the city works and how architecture plays a huge role in that
2: right yeah and And vice versa the culture and
0: the architecture go hand in hand back and forth
2: right yeah that's super cool and so then I feel like you've been in school forever so I have what, (laughs) what did you take in school that led you to here
0: yeah um yeah. I, I mean, I did always know that architecture was where I wanted to go with it, but I definitely took the scenic route <laughs> to get there, you might say. So I started out, I did my bachelor out at um, UBC in visual arts and art history. Um, and then from there, I applied to do my master's and I actually got waitlisted. So I thought, OK, how can I keep moving towards this goal? Um, And so I decided to go to technical school. So I came back to Calgary and I went to SAIT and I took their architectural technologies program. And then from there, I decided to work in an office for a little bit, which I think um, was totally made possible by going to technical school because you're trained to do exactly what you're going to need to do in the office. And from there, I was able to get that experience that I needed Um, And after working for a little bit, I decided to go back to do my master's, which I did out in Winnipeg. Um, And that was for the past four years. So when you don't have an undergrad in architecture, you have to take a foundation program. So you do a couple years of foundation, and then you get streamed into the master's. So you end up coming out with a Bachelor of Environmental Design and then the master's as well. So So all in all, that's a 10 year, (laughs) 10 year journey to get to where we are now. That's crazy. And would you,
2: now that you've done all of it, would you go about it in a different way or would you still take the same path that you did?
0: Honestly, I'm really happy that it worked out the way it did because um, I got to see quite a lot of different experiences by doing it that way. There's the post-secondary part of it and then the technical school part of it and then actually working in an office and all that time you're kind of gathering the tools that you need that were really helpful going into a master's program actually. Um, cause in a lot of ways you're thrown into the deep end. And so you have to figure out yourself how to get all of that knowledge and all of those programs that you need to use. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely do it again. And I just love being a student too. Like I'm a hundred percent, uh, in love with being a student so I think I'm gonna miss it a lot too
2: yeah totally well, especially because like even in Winnipeg you were doing so many other like cool things like not just in school but all your mm-hmm. projects and like side things that you're doing that I think you only really get to do when you are a student because you have that like time and you're trying to build your experience and stuff
0: Hmm. yeah and I think Winnipeg specifically was super special for that um it's kind of a, a hidden gem element of the city that I didn't really know about going into when I got there. but there's a really strong creative um, and design community there um, that I really just wanted to immerse myself in once I got there.
2: Yeah, and would you say because like you so you've lived in Vancouver and you lived in Winnipeg and you lived in Calgary and obviously when you grew up in Europe, so would you say that like living in all those different cities has helped shape your like skills that you're using today? even just like seeing the different types of architecture and different types of like art Mm -hmm. and design in all those cities.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. You get to see how each city runs there as a city, how they run, but specifically within design. And then you can kind of take those elements that you like and you bring it with you as you go to the next place. Um, And then you get a a really good variety because each city is going to do it a little bit differently um, and within each context, why it works the way it does and, and how you could bring that to other places too.
2: Right. And I feel like that makes you like valuable then when you come like coming from Winnipeg, coming from, to Calgary, who's mm-hmm. probably a little bit less forward thinking and like their art and design just because we're such like a corporate city, then you come and you can bring such a new perspective that I feel like we need as a city. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really hope so. Like that's the part that I definitely love the most about Winnipeg, um, that is sad to leave behind is that there's festivals like Nuit Blanche and there's warming huts and um, cool gardens. Like there's all these different things that are super accessible to the public um, to expose them to design. That was a really good parallel along with the master's program that I was doing.
2: Right. And now you just have to do it yourself here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. And moving more into branding. So what have you learned from your experience in design and architecture school um, and the work experience you have and how does that apply to branding?
0: Yeah, I think going into the program, I wasn't totally aware of this, but at least at the U of M, this is what it was like, is that um, you're not just designing buildings. You're um, there's a lot more design elements to it um, and that you're not just taught to build a building. You're you're taught about how space works and how the experiences that you have within those spaces and that extends beyond the actual program that you're designing and it becomes more about the process. Um, and I think that those tools can really translate into any creative project.
2: Right, yeah, that's so interesting because whenever I think of like architects or architecture and people who do it, you never like put that with Branding or like visually, visual arts or anything like that. It's very and it probably is just from like ignorance of not really knowing like yeah, what it's kind learned. of a mystery what
0: happens when yeah
2: you're just like oh you're an architect you must decide buildings and then yeah, branding people must be in marketing like it just you don't put two and two together. So I find it really interesting that you can bring that experience to branding. And would you say like what kind of edge does that give you compared to like let's say just someone like me who's come from like a marketing background as opposed to an architect? like visual arts background
0: Mm -hmm. I think um yeah like it's it's all layered within so when we're designing um for our projects we're also creating collages to, to start brainstorming ideas and we're making site models to start thinking about how the the space will look um in 3d and then we're also making a publication at the end or a portfolio so all of those different elements kind of get brought into the process um I don't and this is just from what I experienced I'm not sure if all architecture schools are mm-hmm. like this but but yeah bringing all of those different elements in you can you can totally just take that and bring it into projects like for what we did with you
2: right mm-hmm. and so how did you realize that that's what you like doing Like, I feel like that has to be, like, a choice to start designing things like that from, like, a branding business perspective. Or is it just part of, like, the things that you were doing? You're just like, oh, this would work if, like, a business wanted a new logo or something.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of really good teachers when I was at the U of M that that definitely encourage you to bring in those different elements um, and to not just go from A to B in order to get... Um, an answer for a problem that you're trying to solve, um, but it's more about the process. And so, trying a lot of different things, and even if you do get from A to B, you still have to go back around and see if there's any other different ways that you could approach the problem.
2: Right? Yeah, that's so interesting. So, like, let's use my rebranding as an example because mm-hmm. it's easy for me to talk about. <laughs> but do you want to like explain what your design process looks like? Then, from like me coming to you, being like hi, I need to rebrand, and then what's your like whole process, brain thinking to get to where we are now? Which yeah. is a new podcast cover, in case you're wondering. She designed it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, well, for what we did for your rebranding was we started with a little um, inspiration board, um, and that was just kind of to get some ideas out there to see what you had on your mind and what I had on mine and see if they line up. Um, and almost like a like pinning up ideas on a wall um, and getting a color scheme and just drawing from what I already know about you and how that can translate into something visual. Um, the way that I generally like to approach these projects is that it's just another form of making. It's another form of art. So there's always color and composition and you're trying to tell a story about, um, whatever the brand is or whatever the project is and how you can bring that into a a visual medium.
2: Right. Yeah. That's super cool. And then, so when you're working with someone like me (laughs) who has like a thousand ideas, how do you like channel in all the like outside inspiration and all of like my ideas and like really bring it into what the outcome, like what you're trying to make?
0: Um, Yeah, you definitely start with a larger filter and you kind of start to scale down from there. So you would send me different ideas that you um, that you liked from other pieces of branding or some other pieces of art that you really liked. And from that, I would look at them and see what are the common elements of everything that you're sending me and and trying to draw out what it is that you really liked about it. Um, One of the things that I noticed was like you really liked the boldness so there's always like a bold font or a bold color to it. There is something always kind of striking about it. Um, so taking that element and trying to bring it through into your almost famous stuff, um, but still having kind of an elegant, lighter edge of the nudes and the pinks and those kind of colors and trying to balance those two out together.
2: Cool. It's so interesting just like here, because I just like (laughs) sent you so many things. I'm like, help me. I'm like, do you like this? This is cool. Let's do this and this and this. And you're like, here is what you need. Here's your PDF (laughs) of the things that came together.
0: Yeah. I try and take all of those ideas and then translate it into something that um, I can send back to you. And then you have a few options to pick from. And then from there, you can say, I like this part of this logo and this part of this logo. And then we can start to narrow down what it is that will be the final product, basically.
2: Cool. Yeah, and it didn't even, like, really take that long. Is that kind of the timeline, or does it just depend on, like, the size of the projects? So I feel like it only took us, like, a month or two mm-hmm. to really, like, go from the ideas to the actual end product. I mean, or I guess yeah. we're probably not done. I'm glad you but. think that's short. <laughs> oh, <laughs> seems short to me.
0: Yeah, I think... Um, was the question
2: <laughs> is that a normal like timeline <laughs> or how long oh, does think it, it normally varies.
0: take yeah. yeah I think it varies from project to project um like for you it was a rebrand and it kind of included two different elements so there's the poolside stuff and the almost famous so they run parallel um which is another thing that you wanted to do was keep them as two separate entities but that ran parallel to each other so you could tell that they were related but not the same um, and so Taking those two together, I think it condensed it a little bit more than two totally separate brands. Um, but in general, yeah, it varies project to project um, depending on what you're looking for and um, how many times we go back and forth. Um, if you like it right off the bat or if you want to do more tweaking.
2: Right. And what are your like f- favorite types of projects to work on? Like if you could choose your like ideal freelance client... What are they coming to you for? Oh, I don't know. They're all so fun. Because
0: what I really like about it is that each one's really different. So you're never going to get the same project twice. Even if it's both the same, uh, both are a rebrand or both are album art, they're both going to be super different no matter what. Um, I think what's really the most enjoyable is that whatever the medium or the output, you're trying to tell a story. And it's taking from my experiences my, and my own processes and then yours as well and your own experiences and your own processes. And from bringing those two together, you're going to get something totally unique every time.
2: Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that helps like keep your creative brain going as mm-hmm. well. Because when it's
0: a collaboration, it's always the best. Um, when you're working with someone else who's creative, you're bringing together two different types of creativity um, to make something so yeah, that's something that's really cool about the album art is you're taking something that is music and super creative and trying to put that into um, something that translates visually is really
2: is really fun. Right. How do you stay inspired, or do you ever find that your brain is just like, like not today? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's never gonna be a hundred percent creativity all the time. Um, I think you can draw inspiration from anywhere especially when it's design related because design is everywhere so if it's taking a walk or magazines or um art from the past or art from the present you can always draw inspiration from the things around you
2: right yeah and and if you come to like a roadblock or creative like off day what do you do to get back into it Do you have any, like, routines or habits that you do?
0: I like to – I think a lot of the time I'll go take a walk um, just to kind of get out of your own mindset and take a step back Um, because often it's because you've been looking at the same thing for too long and you get too zoned in on it that you just have to take a step back, um, take a walk, look at a magazine, um, look at – a website that has stuff that inspires you, or even just like going and talking to someone to bounce ideas off of, I think being able to have that um those people around you who are also equally passionate and and creative and inspired to to work towards making uh is something that's really important in staying inspired.
2: Yeah. Totally. That makes sense. Um, And how did you get into freelancing? I know so many people want, especially now, I feel like during COVID, people were like, I need a side hustle or do something. So how did you get into freelance and what did that process look like? Like, were you already, were you in school at the time? And how did that, how did it work?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think my first project was probably um, an installation called Peg that I um, made with another artist for Nuit Blanche and that was for an emerging artist competition and so we decided to apply and if your proposal won then you got to build it and have it exhibited at this festival that they do in Winnipeg called Nuit Blanche and I would say that was probably one of the first projects that kind of kicked it off. but yeah, I remember asking people like, "How do you how do you get started? Like, how do you get clients?" And they would always say, "I don't know, they just kind of came to us." And I would always find it really frustrating because they're like, "Well, that's I can't just wait for them to fall into right. my lap. <laughs> like, what do I have to do to get them?" Um so yeah, I think something that I've always tried to strive towards is applying for competitions. Like, you don't have to have a client in order to freelance. You can apply for competitions you can make your own things before there's a client like the digital prints um series that I put together that was one thing that was a way to just put my work out there and then from there if you're working towards it every single day doing something to move that needle it'll eventually grow I think
2: yeah and Mm -hmm. so how is that how it grew for you Like, did you get clients based on, like, the work that you're putting out there and, like, past projects? Um, Or have you, like, pitched people to do work for them?
0: Yeah, I think it's been a mix of both, for sure. Um, Just from PEG, it kind of led to the next installation, which led to co-curating the Winnipeg Design Festival. And so you're just slowly getting more immersed in that community, you're meeting more people, you're applying for more competitions, um, getting your work out there. And I think that's the, that's the way that I found was the most successful to just keep it growing. And then people are exposed to your work and then eventually they'll start coming to you and asking if they can, if they have a specific project in mind that they want to work with you on.
2: Right. And were you intimidated to move back to Calgary after like establishing all that in Winnipeg about moving to Calgary and then continuing the freelance without having those past clients.
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing that's definitely, um, it was a, one of the hardest parts about leaving Winnipeg is that you work so hard to get your name out there and to um, become a part of all these different design communities and then to be like, okay, bye. <laughs> um, but I think it it just goes hand in hand with the, the same thing as... What I was saying before, where the more places that you live, you get a whole different um, set of experiences. So on one hand, you're leaving something behind, but on the other, you're you're gaining these new experiences and meeting new people. And um, for Calgary, it was already a home base before, since I was um, born here. But but yeah, I think you'll always. I'll always keep those connections and hopefully make new ones here. Totally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then You can
2: have just a cross Canada network of people, so you hopefully. can work anywhere. <laughs> um. And what's like your goal with everything? So if you're you're interning now, um, and you're freelancing, so what's your like? What's the plan? What's the five year plan? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it like that, <laughs> but that's what I'm asking.
0: <laughs> yeah, the moment I'm working towards, um, finishing my internship. So once you finish your masters, you do an internship, um, which is uh, to work towards getting your stamp. So after you do a certain number of hours, it's kind of like law, I guess, where you have to um, article. article. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same idea for as a profession for architecture that you have to do a certain number of hours. And then from there, you can write your exams. And once you pass your exams, then you can be an architect. So that usually takes a few years to get through and then just slowly continuing to build up um, the amount of projects that I can do freelance. I think ultimately the goal is to get to do that full time for anyone that's doing freelance.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. I yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> well, it's was been so <laughs> cool to
0: see you start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably when we met was probably around when you were starting all of this so I've seen mm-hmm. it grow from beginning to now and it's very cool to see happen
2: yeah no it's pretty cool actually it was funny the way you were like explaining it because people ask me all the time how to like get new clients and how to be freelance but like from a like marketing social media perspective and literally is exactly what you said was like, oh, if you just work on it every day and do things that people aren't paying you for. So like post on Instagram, take photos, like Mm -hmm. build your own website. Like it's, it's very transferable to all industries if you want to become freelance.
0: Yeah. It could be very overwhelming when you think about it like that, like, okay, the end goal is this. There's so many steps in between before you get to that. But if you're doing one thing every day And it can be something big, like working on a project and getting it finished or something small, like listening to a podcast that is giving you um, really important advice about how to continue what you're doing. As long as you're doing something every day, you're going to look back in a year
2: or a few years and and see how far you've come. Totally. Yeah. And I think people forget like how long it takes. Like it's not like a overnight thing Mm -hmm. and even just to gain the skills and experience like even back for me six or seven years ago and for you like obviously our skills and experience and what we're producing now is way different back then so you have to you need that time to learn how to do everything
0: yeah yeah I think perseverance and and patience is really important and I live with someone who does freelance full-time so I it's really inspiring to see that it's very attainable like my fiance is a musician and he does it for music, obviously. But to be able to see that he does that full time is very inspiring to see that it could it's very attainable for me to do it as well. Totally. Mm.
2: Yeah. No. And it, and it keeps you motivated. Thanks be someone else doing it. You're like, OK, I can get there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is also what was really great about Winnipeg is there's lots of people in that creative community that are pursuing the same passion with the same. Um, intention, and so it just seems so much more real when you're surrounded by people who are pursuing the same path.
2: Right. No, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And for people that want to see what you're doing and your work, where can they connect with you? Where can they follow you?
0: My Instagram is Megan one zero nine zero, and that's and M-E- how you spell <laughs> Megan? <laughs> and that's M E I G H A N one zero nine zero. And then my website is megan.myportfolio.com.
2: Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on, sharing all your insight. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.